Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. I'm Craig Hanley, along with Gary Reasons. We're the co-hosts of this new national podcast spanning the FCS nation. Gary, how are you doing in your end of the FCS nation? <laughs> well, it's a little little early here, Craig. We're starting off these podcasts. We're going to record them and get them out. So this is our first early morning recording, but uh, I think I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, this might be... Uh, Week two of our national podcast, Gary. Last week we we premiered FCS Delivered, but we're certainly getting closer to week zero of the college football season. Week zero being August 26th. That that early weekend of games, just a small slate uh, before the full kickoff on Thursday night, August 31st, week one. But in week zero, obviously the big one for the FCS out of three games would be the MEX WAC Challenge, which is South Carolina State under Buddy Pugh against Jackson State, where T.C. Taylor makes his head coaching debut. There's also North Alabama versus uh, Mercer. Uh, we have Fordham taking on Albany. It's just a small skate, uh, slate for the FCS. Then week one, we, we get the full slate of games, all those FCS versus FBS, uh, David versus Goliath kind of matchups. We have North Dakota State uh, hosting uh, Eastern Washington in, in the uh, – game in Minneapolis, the U.S. Bank Stadium. So week one is actually going to be the full slate of games getting it going. Obviously, after week one, Labor Day is when we all kick off the uh, the national awards. Uh, FedEx Ground presents uh, the players of the week, the team of the week. And after we do that, Gary, you kind of hinted about this last week. What's going to happen with our national awards? Well, Labor Day weekend is really going to be a, a- pivotal here because, you know, we're all going to be watching all of the FCS, uh, you know, contests that are going to be going on that weekend. And, you know, as part of our, our partnership with FedEx Ground, we have uh, kind of ramped things up. Uh, it's going to be really special and fun for me to be able to go basically across the nation because every week, Craig, as you, as you know, we select uh, an offensive player of the week, defensive player of the week, special teams player of the week, freshman player of the week, and also a national team of the week. And we have a bunch of honorable mentions uh, for that. And FedEx Ground has done a great job in sponsoring that, and they're continuing to do that. What we're doing this year is actually a little bit more enhanced. What we're trying to do is you know, obviously shine a lot brighter spotlight on the FCS brand of football. And for one of those award winners that is selected, I will actually go to that university to present one of those national awards, one of those national awards. So I don't really know where I'm going to be going every single week, but it's going to be a a kind of a a harrowing experience, Craig, to to kind of find out, okay, I've got to get airfare, got to get out to these universities, going to travel out likely Monday afternoon, Monday evening, meet with the team, hopefully on Tuesday, um, likely have a chance to speak with the, the coaching staff, uh, some other folks on campus, the sports information team, as well as possibly the university president. What we want to do is kind of give uh, the FCS audience a glimpse behind the scenes, a little bit of a, a look at each of those universities, and also highlight the player that actually wins the uh, wins the weekly award. So going to be a lot of moving parts, going to have a lot of fun, going to have a lot of content that we'll be creating along the way as we present that national award. So it's going to be FCS uh, on campus, presented by FedEx Ground. That's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go out every single week. And so, Craig, it's going to be not where's Waldo, but where's Gary this week. 
<laughs> that sounds like a whirlwind, Gary. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be fun. Right? It's tough. It's 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 gonna be a tough little thing, but uh, uh, you know, you and I are probably gonna be on the phone more than you would ever ever imagine because we're gonna be talking about you know these award winners and where we may go and those kinds of things. And uh, there's not gonna be any pre-planning for these things. It's just gonna be ad hoc and go, which is really gonna be fun. And then we'll bring this content. We'll we'll house some of that here on this podcast. Uh, that comes out on Wednesdays, and we'll get some of that out there for you. And then we'll have a lot of content on our on our platform and our and our YouTube channel. So there's going to be a lot of stuff ahead here that we're doing. And uh, great, great uh, that FedEx Ground has stepped up here to to be a sponsor for all of this activity, and it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Wow, SES National Awards on campus. That sounds terrific, Gary. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it to find out where's Gary this week. <laughs> Well, one of the uh, FCS uh, assets that we have is, is our national poll, the Stats Reform FCS Top 25, and it's presented by FedEx Ground. You've probably seen it. Uh, it, it came out earlier this week. Um, we have a national panel, 56 voters, uh, spanning all uh, conferences involved. Uh, I think it went kind of the way you would think. I mean, last week, Gary, we talked about South Dakota, South Dakota State, the defending champ would be number one, North Dakota State would be two, uh, we thought Montana State, which has been on a roll, you know, being to the semifinals, at least the semifinals of their last three seasons, they were one, two, three. And then it got to be uh, William & Mary was four, Holy Cross five, six was Furman, seven was UIW, eight was Idaho, nine Sanford, Sacramento State, ten. I, I think I think the poll looked pretty good. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that, you know, right there at the top, we all kind of settled in on what we think are going to be, you know, the, the stalwarts there, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, and, and Montana State. Those three really, and as you talked about through the top 10, Greg, you know, I'm looking at my list here, what I've looked at, and, and, and you, you're kind of looking at yours as well. You know, they're not, we're not all in agreement for everyone throughout the, the, whole, the entire poll, which is really what is good about this type of a, of a poll. Now, this is all preseason, so this is just things that we – we glean from what would happen a year ago, what these teams are built on. And I think there's a lot of changes that are going on or throughout the FCS ranks. But uh, I think we're, we've got a good start to this. Uh, but, you know, it's going to change week to week. And, you know, there's big things that can happen, you know, some issues. Uh, and, and, Craig, there's been a lot of player movement. You know, and, you know, recruiting is completely different in, in the FCS ranks today. It's not so much that you're recruiting freshman players to come into the game as much as it is you're trying to maintain your roster as well as manage transfers, transfers in, transfers out. There's a lot of that going around across the FCS and even in the FBS ranks as well. There's a lot of player movement that way. There's not as much emphasis on freshman players coming in. So we'll take a look at that as the, as the season progresses. But as, as we looked at the poll, I think that the top 10 here that we've laid out is, if you just described, I think it's a pretty good one. Sure. Since we talked a lot about the top three last week, William & Mary, number four, obviously the defending CAA champ along with New Hampshire, and, and William & Mary made it to the national quarterfinals last year. I, I had them number four on my ballot, and, and you know perhaps you did too. Just tell us a little more about the tribe. Well, you know, they've done a great job as, as with their football team, and, you know, really they need to, you know, be in the discussion. They've got a running back, Bronson Yoder, who did a great job, 1,200 yards, you know, a year ago, and you know they expect him to be able to kind of help settle things out there. And 
you know, if they, if they continue to just be on the same, do the same things that they did a year ago, they're going to be there. They're going to be in the conversation. So I think the William and Mary's got to, had a good opportunity to possibly, you know, even move up in the polls. So we'll see where that was, how that lands. Yeah. I think it's excellent that, that they've been able to keep uh, Mike London as their head coach. Obviously he has uh, an FBS background as well. Um, yeah coaching Virginia. I, I think the, what he's done with this program, he's probably, you know, on the radar of, of FBS programs, but he's staying with the tribe and, and just really built this program. I think they were third in the nation in, in rushing last year. And, and, you know, so much is back. Uh, you mentioned Bronson Yoder, Darius Wilson's, uh, you know, going to run the offense at quarterback. I, I think that team is really primed for, yes, the next step, as you mentioned. And, and just keeping, we'll, we'll stay in the top five. Holy Cross, uh, you know, Patriot League champions. They're going for a fifth uh, championship in a row, which w would be the record for, for the Patriot League. I was highly impressed with them. They, they made it undefeated all the way to the national quarterfinals, lost at South Dakota State, but it was a tough game going into the fourth quarter. Are they going to do it again, the, uh, the Crusaders? Well, they may. They may just do that. They've got a very capable quarterback, and Matt Saluka coming back, being able to have a quarterback return and kind of you understand what you're getting at your quarterback play and being able to have that be kind of the foundation of your offense kind of sets, you know, sets things in motion there. So they expect to perform offensively. And I think that that's going to be an opportunity for them to, you know, to continue to have great success. Sure. You know, our, our preseason All-America team, we went with two first-team quarterbacks. Obviously, Michael hires Sanford, who, who we talked about last week. But Matthew Sluka was also on the first team. I mean, he yeah. if it wasn't Tim DeMarat last year at Fordham, I think Matthew Sluka almost flew under the radar as, as great a year as he had just because there were two phenomenal quarterbacks in the Patriot League last year. I, I think Matthew Sluka is in that conversation for the Walter Payton Award for, for sure. The poll, obviously, the top 25, I mean, the most teams that from, from a conference was the Big Sky. Um, the CAA had five. Uh, Missouri Valley Conference, obviously, with North Dakota State and South Dakota State, they, they had four. I, I, you know, it's the power conferences that seem to be in the, in, there in the end. There's always somebody that, that, that surprises and gets really deep in the playoffs. Obviously, UIW last year, Incarnate Word, made it to the, to the semifinals, almost beat the Bison. North Dakota State is still the standard as far as uh, being in the poll. The consecutive appearances now at 174. A couple years away from the record, Montana, uh, which was 195, a lot of it during uh, Bobby Houck's first uh, tour as, as head coach. I, you know, the Grizzlies, uh, they checked in, I believe it was 14 in the poll. I, I think they're fascinating this year. I'm not sure what to expect out of Montana. Do you have a sense, Gary? Well, Coach Hawk, you got to just uh, look at him, and he's the he's the guy that kind of sets the table there for that program, and he has for years and years and years. And you know, I think that the, they're going to get things, uh, you know, get things going there. I think that he's kind of they've been under the under the na the national eye, uh, you know, for a long time now since he's brought prominence to that program. And you know, I think they've had a their schedule is going to be a little easier early on as they can move along. And and really, you know, when you start to look at it, uh, you know, they've got. Uh, They've got defensively. They've got a couple of guys that are little be back. Alex Governor on the on the backside on the defensive tackle side can can do something for them. This offense is really you know they've got a few weapons you know but they will have a new quarterback under center. So we've got to kind of take a look at that. So Montana this year 
you know, I think that they're, you know, they're probably going to have to have some things fall into place if they're going to have a great season. Yeah, you know, the Big Sky being so deep, they had six teams in the top 25 to end last season. They have six back in there to start the season. So, yeah, I mean, Montana, tremendous talent. But in that that league, you can, you know, you could be a second place team one week and suddenly you're dropped to five or six just with one loss because they're that tightly bunched. Um, obviously, Sacramento State, uh, it, it, you know, has been phenomenal, 19 straight um, conference wins, and they tied for the title again last year with Montana State. But I tell you, UC Davis, Weber State, uh, Idaho, I mean, it's just a deep league. I mean, we're not even talking Eastern Washington right now, and think of the history of that program. Uh, and, you know, I, I think they'll be back uh, with their quarterback play, you know, picking up again this year. So, yeah, I, I think I think the Grizz are certainly a fascinating story this year just because who are they after losing a lot of talent? You know, I, I, I think Montana is great for the FCS. I always call them the New York Yankees of the FCS because it's kind of a polarizing <laughs> team with their rabid fan base. Uh, maybe like a New York Giants fan base. <laughs> kind of rabid. There's a lot of rabid New York Giant fans. I'll give you that. That's for sure. <laughs> Earlier, you mentioned Gary, like maybe our our polls, uh, our individual ballots. Uh, we were pretty on target with, with uh, probably the the 56 voters. You know the the composite yeah. rankings. Any any of your picks stand out preseason uh, ballot that might have been different from from the final totals? You know, not really. Not a whole lot of change there. I think that the uh, you know, across the country, we all have a little bit of a different perspective. But as we talked about at the top of the, the rankings, most of those are going to be similar. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm with, I'm, I really can't wait till these things get started. You know, we already got a week zero coming up here pretty quick and, and, and week one. I, I look for this thing to get started. Things will change early on. Uh, you know, we've got some great FBS contests coming up here with our FCS teams, uh, you know, seeing if they can get a, get a win there. They've got a lot, we got a lot of those coming up here. So I think it's just early on, Craig, you know, but I think that we're, you know, the ballots early on preseason is just a, just an early look at really what's what's to come. Yeah. Yeah. It, it all changes after week one, of course. I mean, I, I think a preseason ballot, you're, you're projecting where you think it's going to end up in, in, in uh, January after the championship game, the final ranks this, you know, if you have South Dakota state number one, which all 56 voters did, then you're saying they're going to repeat as national champions. So I, I, it's a projection, but yeah, you know, it'll it'll uh, it'll change after week one, week two, because there's a lot of FBS teams uh, playing the FCS early on. So if, if you lose to an FBS team, you can't really hold it against a, an FCS team after week one. But you're right, it, it's it's going to change, and, and it always does. It's it's wild and wacky uh, year to year. So okay, we're going to take a short break, and we will be back with more FCS delivery. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. We've been talking about a, a lot of the items that uh, we, we uh, give FCS fans that's presented by FedEx Ground. I mean, we just got done talking about the top 25 preseason poll. Last week, we, we went into the Walter Payton and, and Buck Buchanan Award watch list, Gary and I. We want to go back a little bit to the Walter Payton Award uh, presented by FedEx Ground. Obviously, it's a National Player of the Year, and it's become a uh, quarterback-driven award. It wasn't always that way. Running backs kind of dominated early on. Gary, tell us about uh, 
your thoughts on the Walter Payton Award? Well, it is, Craig. It's It's been pretty much the last several years, it's been quarterbacks there. You know, even a couple of years back, you know, you know, Cole Kelly, you know, from Southeast Louisiana, he got that got that award. And, and again, UIW, you know, winner of this league, Lindsey Scott Jr. from from the Southland Conference. So a couple of quarterbacks in the last three seasons, but it's been kind of been that. It's been like, a, you know, offensively, it's been, been more of an offensive passing conference. It's been more of a passing league. It's been more of a passing nation. The passing game, you know, you have to have a quarterback that, that plays and plays well, and they're going to get a lot of the attention, a lot of the credit here, and they have the ability to put up monstrous numbers, as we've seen through through some of these systems. And so I don't see that changing a whole lot, Craig, in uh, in the near term here, because we're all going to be looking at the quarterback play. But I do think there's a, there's a few running backs potentially that may have a chance to step out. Sure. I think last week you mentioned Geno Hess, uh, Southeast Missouri, Jaden Sheridan uh, was a third place finisher from Monmouth. They're back and, and you know, prime for big seasons. I, I think another running back, Isaiah Davis, uh, South Dakota State, he is just a, a 100 yard machine, always uh, surpassing the century mark, and he's an NFL prospect. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think a running back could be in the mix this year. I mean, there's tremendous quarterbacks. Wide receivers, I, obviously, they're catching the ball, they're going to put up big numbers. Anybody stand out to you that, that, that has a shot here? You know, I can't really say about a wide receiver because they're going to really have to put up monstrous numbers, and it's really tough. You know, there's not there's not an understanding amongst coaches and players of you know what is an exceptional uh, receiving category. What what makes you an exceptional receiver? You know, that is that there's that thousand yard mark reception yardage that if you're a wide receiver and you you exceed a thousand yards and um, how many catches, how many touchdowns. Those are the things that we look at as voters. We kind of pull all that data together. So, uh, you know, I can't say right now that there's going to be one of those wide receivers that's going to step out and, and do that. I think the early, early notice is going to be definitely around the running backs and the quarterbacks. Sure, no doubt. Uh, Buck Buchanan Award. Uh, obviously, that's a little more wide open, I think, than, than the Walter Payton. I mean, there's been a lot of defensive ends, there's been, you know, linebackers that, that you know, I think voters for, for that award seem to favor the, the pass rushers. Is that what you're you're noticing? You know, I, I go about it a little bit differently. I'm a defensive guy, right? So, sure. you know, I look at the, the, the total picture of what a player has done for his team defensively. You know, you can look at defensive linemen, you know, you can look at, you can look at sacks, you can look at pressures, you can look at, you know, quarterback hurries, hits on quarterbacks, you know, total tackles, you know, uh, TFLs, tackles for loss. Those are things that, that add up, you know, takeaways, turnovers, cause fumbles, fumble recoveries for a defensive lineman or linebackers. Those things are kind of the measuring points and the measuring sticks that we all look at. You know, the one thing that's that's unique about, a, about a, a, a defensive player and a player to change the game, and that is the ability to get the ball back. So if you look at a, at a defensive back who has five, six, seven interceptions on the season, he has made a, a significant uh, change in possession of the football for his, for his football team, and that is a really elite player. You know, it's not easy. You're not, we're not going to have a bunch of guys that have a bunch of those, those interception totals, but we will have guys that are approaching 10, 11, 12 sacks on the season. That that's going to get the attention of the voters. And then, you, then, you know, total tackles. Uh, how do you do? How do you look at total tackles for defensive players? I think it's a little bit, a little bit odd. You know, some some coaches and, and teams they they tally their 
their tackles very differently and their, their requirements to get that, that tackle is listed as a tackle is, is different. So there's, it's a, it's, you just don't know what goes into those numbers. So I think the things that stand out, the sacks, the interceptions, the turnovers, those are things that people look towards that are really kind of, at least you have, you're in the conversation when you've got some of those marks to your credit. And, and kind of answer your question here, Craig, I think that the linebackers and the defensive backs, you have the ability to get those interceptions, fumbles, fumble recoveries, as well as the defensive linemen to make those changes. And any of those that can stack up a good good tally on those, I think is gonna be there, uh, be there at the end for discussion purposes. Yeah, I, I, I kind of root for those defensive backs to get into the mix. I think uh, might've been 2002, Rasheen Mathis um, from, from uh, Bethune-Cookman uh, won the Buchanan Award and, and just a monster year and a monster career. So, you know, I, I, I want to see some defensive backs getting into the mix, just like we want to see, you know, the running backs and, and, and the wide receivers be, be there in the end uh, with the Walter Payton Award. So it's going to be a fun year. I mean, obviously, you know, we have 35 players on each of the preseason watch lists. During the season, more players will uh move on to the list and then we, we pair it down to a, a group of finalists. The voting for those awards and, and, and all the, the awards presented by uh, FedEx Ground, the, the Jerry Rice Award for Freshman of the Year, the uh, Eddie Robinson Award for Coach of the Year, the, those awards as well, they're voted on Thanksgiving week, uh, right at the end of the regular season and just before the playoffs begin Thanksgiving weekend on that Saturday. So, it, you know, it's always fun and, and it's uh, a, a lot of, you know, looking at, you know, player to player and say, okay, how does this compare to the next guy and, and the, the level of competition? And I, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I do love these watch lists and, and, and top, you know, top lists that, that are out there in the preseason. Now, Craig, one of the things we talked about, what people don't know, Craig, is you are the, the caretaker of all of those. And, and, you know, and how many nasty grams do you have to send out each week to the voters to make sure that they get those votes in? Because because all the poll, all the guys on our poll, we, we we all have our own little world here. We do our own different things. So just look, give me look behind the curtains here. How many nasty grams, which mean contacts out, do you have to make to get guys to get that content into you? <laughs> well, we have fifty six. Um members on the voting panel and all the you know all the conferences are represented we have some national people like yourself that that are voters as well it, we used to have a larger poll uh, a panel of voters so it, being 56 is probably about the right amount you don't have to you know reach out as much as you used to um and i understand everybody's busy so obviously uh we want you know we want everybody's opinion we want everybody's ballot so it, it takes a little work, but we, we get it done. Uh, you know, the top 25 voters are also our voters for the national award. So it's a good group of 56. Well, I'll, I'll now, just say thank you. Thank you for the reminder reminder notes, because I've gotten a couple of those and, you, and you're very tactful about that. But you're but you are timely and we need to help you out get you get the tallies right. So any voters out there that are watching, you know, be mindful of what you're doing, <laughs> Craig Haley, if uh, if you're not in on time. So I'll just leave it at that. I'm glad you singled out yourself because I didn't want to do that to you here. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I can procrastinate like the rest of them, Craig. <laughs> well, Gary, one of the things we talked about earlier on FCS Delivered is week zero, it moves into week one. And week one uh, is the full kickoff of, of just about all the teams, not the Ivy League, which starts a little later in September. 
But in week zero, all those FCS versus FBS matchups, just fascinating. I mean, this year alone, I think there's 118 uh, games that'll be played. You know, more than half are in the first uh, full weeks of the season, one in weeks one and two. Uh, it involves most teams, you know, 75% of the FCS programs. I, just looking ahead to week one, because we all love these FCS versus FBS matchups. Which ones are you looking for, forward to, Gary? You know, you know, Craig, you kind of, you know, penned out here a little bit of our, 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 our rundown. And I, I looked at this game here. You know, there, there's a game that UT Martin is going to step into Georgia Bulldog territory. And, and I remember my, uh, my first time as a broadcaster for ABC Sports as a college football game analyst was at the was at the uh, Georgia between the hedges okay and so when you step onto that onto that field that is an amazing amazing place to go and see a college football game play a college football game and I hope that the the players have a great opportunity to play there so you know their their, their coach Jason Simpson for UT Martin has done a great job of been in, been in that program for 17 seasons and, you know, he's going to have those guys ready to play. So I'm not too worried about, you know, having those guys ready. But this is a moment for these guys to go and shine, uh, you know, against the number one team uh, in, the, in the country at the FBS level. And so it's going to be it's going to be a unique opportunity for them to you know, make a little little noise, perhaps early on in that football game. I'm not sure they're going to win the ball game or be how, how competitive that's going to be, but I think as an experience for a college football player to go into that stadium, where I have some remembrances of my own life, but uh, these guys that are playing on the field, that's going to be a fun one to see. Well, if if you're going from you know a stadium full of five to ten thousand, say on the FCS level, and suddenly you're playing in a big stadium with, with you know seventy thousand fans, what does that do to you know, the FCS player, how do you keep your composure when, when suddenly you're surrounded by all, all this? You know, Craig, every team does it a little bit differently, but you know, the experience tells you that most coaches are going to try to take their team to the playing field the day before the game, which means that when you show up there on game day, it's not the first time you've seen the stadium or you've seen your locker room or you've seen where you're going to play. So the teams want to walk around. They want the players to get familiar with it, an empty stadium, so to speak, uh, the day before the game. So I'm sure the coach Simpson will take the guys through there. And then when you come onto the field and you do have that aura and all the, all the fans in that stadium, uh, there is a big difference. You know, the communication aspect of it for the players, you know, all from the coaching staff to the players on the field and even amongst the players next to each other on the field, it can be extremely loud that you're not used to dealing with. So there'll be some things that uh, they'll have to work out. I'm sure that the staff is probably working with them on that uh, early in camp, uh, they'll get, up, get get to that and understand that they've got to use some nonverbal communication things, uh, you know, because that's what you're going to have to deal with on the road at the FBS level when you're when you're talking about these big mega stadiums that are completely packed. Sure, I I tell you what, this is I believe in the last 15 seasons, this is the 13th time that an FCS uh, team is playing the defending FBS national champion. Obviously, Georgia's won the last two. So it, it does work out pretty well that an FCS team has been playing the defending national champion. Last year, Samford uh, went to Georgia and held their own, didn't win, of course. But, you know, UT Martin hopefully uh, will play well. As, you know, you mentioned Coach Simpson. I mean, he led them to the playoffs two years ago. Uh, Skyhawks got their first win. Obviously, last year they shared the OVC title with Southeast Missouri. Southeast Missouri was the one who went to the playoffs. So I think – you. 
that's a great game to point out, Gary. I, I'm so glad you did, just because I love that an FCS program gets to play the defending national champion from the FCS level. We're going to take uh, one, one more break, and then we will come back for the final segment of FCS Delivery. Welcome back to FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground. Uh, I'm Craig Haley. Gary Reasons and I are, are in our final segment of this week's podcast. One thing we would be remiss about if, if we didn't talk about is, is this past weekend, Al Bagnoli announced his retirement at Columbia. He's obviously a, a, an Ivy League legend, coaching Penn uh, for, I believe, it was 23 seasons before he moved on to Columbia. He's retired uh, for, for a health concern. Um, the Ivy League is is just a great league to play in, obviously, the academics as well as athletics. The coaches, they have three coaches, uh, Al Bagnoli, Buddy Tevens from Dartmouth, and Tim Murphy from Harvard. They're the only league that I know going into last year, because I did a story on it, that have multiple head coaches at the school, at their respective school of 20 or more years. And they have three in the Ivy League. Obviously, Al's retired. Buddy Tevens is also taking a break this year for, after a, a serious bike accident. Uh, Tim Murphy will be back. I believe it's his 29th or 30th season at Harvard. But what can you tell us about Al Bagnolia, uh, you know, a legend in, in the Ivy League, Gary? Well, obviously very well respected amongst the FCS coaches and obviously in that league. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really unique about, you mentioned all three of these coaches, Craig, in, 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 the, in that conference, being able to do this for so long and the thing that they have is they've had an impact on young players, on young men in their lives, and and I think that probably when they say when they hang up those uh, that coaching gear for the for the last time, that's probably going to be the thing that they remember the most: the impact that they've had on the players that have come through their programs. And all of these coaches, Coach Bagnoli, you know him uh, choosing to, to retire for this season. Congratulations on the thirty year run. It's been a, been a lot of fun, I'm sure, for you. And you know you've had a lot of impact and. You know, you've touched hundreds and hundreds of former players, and believe me, they everything that they you've taught them resonates with them. So, so coach, uh, have a good last run here, and uh, uh, hopefully, it'll be a great season for you guys. Yeah, Columbia's right in the mix in the Ivy League, and it, it's a fun league. Uh, Yale's the defending champion, um, and and is preseason favorite. So, you know, Princeton's right up there. I, you know. Ivy League football is tremendous. I actually uh, grew up on on going to games. Uh, so it, uh, really, just th those three coaches, especially in the Ivy League, just tremendous impact. So this is uh, this is the, uh, our second episode of FCS Delivered, and you know we've had a lot of fun, Gary and I. Um, if you notice on the, on theanalyst.com, uh, we are starting our conference by conference previews for the FCS, all 13 conferences, 13 leagues, because there's 15 conferences involved. Two of them are joint conferences. Uh, you can look for that on theanalyst.com. Obviously, our, our podcast is, is premiering on Wednesdays. Uh, FCS Delivered, you can get on all your favorite podcast platforms. There's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and others. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. All you have to do is just search for FCS Delivered. So there's a lot of ways to find us, Gary, and we're going to be back next week. I was thinking maybe you and I could talk a little NFL draft uh, prospects um, and just, you know, look forward to the season, which is almost here. What do you think, Gary? Yeah. Well, college football is in the air. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, here in Texas, the high school ranks are about to start. Uh, 
you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. All, all the things that are coming to bubbling up here. And I'm looking forward to this, this college football season, obviously all that we have going on, especially with our partner FedEx ground, it's going to be a fun season to run through here. And, uh, there'll be a few, a uh, few, few surprises along the way. And, and I'm looking forward to the FCS national awards on campus, uh, debuting this season for me going out. I'm going to have to travel out on Monday, Labor Day. Go figure. Am I going to cut my Labor Day weekend short to go visit a college campus? But it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it, Gary. Special thanks to Seth Biley and Graham Bell. They're our producers of FCS Delivered. I think Gary and I might be a little lost if we didn't have them. So we look forward to next week. Gary, I wish you well. And I'm looking forward to the FCS Awards on, on campus. Until next week. I'm Craig Haley, this is FCS Delivered, presented by FedEx Ground.